Wait a minute. He is. Did he get? No. Oh, oh boy. He is sour. Oh, he's bummed. Are out. you kidding me? This kid's going to do this? Oh yeah. Yeah. That is big time. Oh my right goodness. There. I can't believe I just witnessed that. That is that just, awesome. You yeah. young man are a young star. are awesome. We can show the world that it's all right to be kind, and then before long, maybe the world will be a much better place. An act of kindness at a St. Pete Starbucks drive through inspired an 11-hour chain of paying it forward. It comes from your heart. I think it's amazing. Don't forget to show love. Thank you, baby. You're welcome. Don't forget to show love. Don't forget to show love. Thank you. If we all make today awesome for somebody else, it will be awesome for everybody. I'm okay with that. Well, if you have your Westover app, I invite you to join me or in your Bibles in Romans uh, chapter number 12. Welcome everyone and those online as well. We're continuing a series entitled, Be Awesome. And every one of us, no matter where your assignment, whatever your circle is, wherever you at your station in life, God has an assignment, God has a mission statement for you. And that is, Be Awesome. Jesus put it this way, that others could see your good works and glorify the Father in heaven. And when we express the awesome character and love and graciousness of God, people said, you're awesome. We set the pace, and that's what God intends. Some of us have lost our awesome. We just kind of got caught in a routine, and we said, we're just average, and we're going to go along and do what everybody else does. God says, don't be average, be awesome. Here just recently, we had grandkids at the house for about two weeks. Both of our daughters and son-in-laws went on cruises, separate cruises, so we had kids and grandkids and then overlapped a little bit. We had four grandkids and then, oh, then at the end, we had two grandkids. So for a course of about two weeks there, a little over two weeks, we had grandkids in the house all the time. One particular day, Denise got up. She said, I need you to help me today. She said, I have something to be at this morning. I need to attend to it. So I need to, she started giving me directions. I said, hey, I've been a parent too. I, I know this, okay? Don't worry about it. What do you need? She said, it's your job to get the grandkids fed before school today. And she gives me, she says, they can have cereal, oatmeal, or eggs. Can you handle it? I said, can I handle that? I've got it down. Don't even worry about it. So she went about, so I got the kids, the, the grandkids together. I said, here it is, breakfast. You have, here's your options, cereal, oatmeal, eggs, or ice cream. What do you want? <laughs> My grandson, Joseph, I want ice cream, Pop. I said, absolutely, get to the table. So I scoop out ice cream, put it in the bowl, and can I tell you, we had a great breakfast that morning. What am I saying? There's many of us, your life is a stale bowl of oatmeal, and God has ice cream for you. God has something better for you. 
Jesus always offers more, and many of us are living far below God's purpose. And God is saying, be awesome. Be spectacular. And a culture and a day in which mean has become viral. Unfortunately, it's cool to be mean today. The tiger mom, the macho man, the hard-hitting person. And a day in being Mr. Nice Guy is no longer a compliment. And a day in which people are foul-mouthed, in-your-face, hot-headed, I want to suggest God has called us to be a different kind of person, to step out of, of that conflict and that that, that cruelty and that, that, that whole culture of, of, of going out for number one. And I believe that kindness gives us a platform and an opportunity to demonstrate God's love and be the awesome person in our day and in our culture. Kindness does that. In Romans chapter number 12, Verse 9 through 13, we've been reading these verses all month long in this series. Let's read again. Verse 9, love must be sincere. In other words, it must be genuine. We all know what flattery is like. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. There's a great balance for all Christ followers. There it is. Cling to what is good, but when somebody's lifestyle is against Scripture and biblical principle disapprove. Don't, don't hate people. Hate the sin. Hate the evil. Stand up for your values. Then he goes on to tell us in verse number nine, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. If that's not a one-day-to-feed-the-world invitation, I don't know what is. Share with God's people who are in need. Next weekend, we have the opportunity to share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. I believe the invitation of Scripture for us in this day in which culture, it's, it's just rude and it's, it's blunt it's brash, it's crude. If we step forward and we are just people that demonstrate God's kindness, we are elevating the nature of Jesus. People will see us and say, you're different. In fact, I think they're going to say to us, you're awesome. In his book, Martin Bubber, and the title of the book is, I Thou. I, thou. He said we live in a day in which it is I, you. It's I and you. And it's very transactional. I expect something from you and you expect something from me. It's I, you, transactional. I'll scratch your back if you'll scratch mine. I do my part, you do your part. That life becomes very transactional. We only have associations through what we get out of people and what they do for us. 
They're, they're the lawn maintenance person or, or they're the person that provides this for us and we work with them and they're in my study group. They're my professor. They're my, they're my supervisor. They're my coworker. We're in a I, you. He said in his writing, if you live an I, you life. Eventually, he said we devolve into an I, it world. The other person is depersonalized. We don't know how they feel. We don't know what goes on in their life. We, we don't know their struggles. It's just the transactional. We have conversations only necessary to what we get out of them. And for many of us, that's, our, that's the depth of our work and the friendships we have at work. It doesn't, you know, it's only transactional. We really don't know what happens in their world and in their life. It has become an I, it. Have you ever felt like cousin it? <laughs> have, you, have you ever felt like that? It's depersonalized. That, that may be from coworker or your employer. That, sh, that you're, not, you're, you're nothing more than somebody to, to provide productivity. Or, or, or an employer to employees, you're just a paycheck. But he said, and he invites us in his book, it should be an I, thou. You see the other person as, as a human being that God has created, unique with talents, a personality that has the fingerprints of God. A soul that God values. A person that God loves. The person that's not your kind of person is God's kind of person. God cares for them. God made them. God values them. And he said, if you will see others as an I, thou, and in that moment, you capture God, you find God in their heart, you find the value in their soul, and in that you encounter God. Can I invite us? Can I invite us? The person in the circle of friendships around us, we often don't see God's potential and what God can do in them. And I want to suggest to us, kindness gives us an open door to call and summons people out, to experience God's best through us. Kindness, it can never come too early, but it can come too late. I'll repeat that. Kindness, it can never come too early, but it can come too late. The person that's lost a friendship will tell you it can come too late. The divorcee could probably testify to that. Kindness can come too late. Never too early, but it can come too late. I want to tell you about a nine-year-old little boy in a story I read recently. He's in fourth grade. Fourth grade is a tough year. I mean, you're almost to middle school, but before you get there, I mean, that's about the time that social awareness and really the, the peer group becomes more dominant in school and cliques begin to come. There's the cool and the uncool, you know, uh, group in school. You know how that works. 
A nine-year-old little boy was in school one day. Then all of a sudden, at the bottom of his desk, there's a pool of water and the front of his pants are wet. He had an accident at school. When he realized what had happened, the embarrassment was just was horrific in his mind. He didn't know what to do. He was thinking, if, if the other boys see it, I, I'm going to be, I'm going to be teased from now on. If the girls see it, the, I'll be humiliated. They won't have anything to do with me. He records, he said, then I prayed, oh God, it's an emergency. Save me. I don't know what to do. Then about that time, the teacher stood up and glanced that direction in the classroom. He thought for sure she spotted it. He thought for sure I'm dead meat now. When, she's, when she sees it, she, she's gonna, the whole room will know, the whole class will know. My, I, I, my, my future, I, cannot, I won't be able to come back to this class ever again. I'll be humiliated so bad. Then all of a sudden... Little Susie, she went over on the shelf, and there was the classroom pet, a goldfish in a bowl. She began to walk, and as she passed by his desk, she stumbled, and a large part of the water splashed out right in his lap. And he said, I said to myself, Thank you, Jesus, I'm born again. <laughs> I'm rescued. He said, instead of being humiliated, I became the object of sympathy all day long. All day long. The teacher and the other classmates were, were so sympathetic for me for what had happened. But he said, for Susie, she became the target of ridicule. You're a clutch. You're clumsy. I don't want you walking by my desk. Look what you did. Now, towards the end of the school day, Susie went up to this little boy. He thought she was probably going to apologize. But she leaned over and whispered in his ear, it's okay. I wet my pants once too. <laughs> she did that for him. You know, the scripture says we prefer one another above ourselves. There's a moment which kindness can, it can never come too early. But yes, it can come too late. And I want, I want to admonish every one of us. There is a, there in, in your world, in your circle of friendship, kindness can be and will be a door opener. Kindness can take you to places and into moments that you would have never reached and never been able to attain. Otherwise, kindness will do that for you. Kindness, yes. I was spent last week in Springfield, Missouri. In fact, last Sunday, as soon as service was over, I raced out of service, went to the airport, flew to Springfield, Missouri, taught a class all week long, flew back on Friday. Now I'm here on this weekend. But I was packing 
last Saturday for the trip I had to make. And as I was packing, I, I heard a whisper in my spirit. You know what I'm talking about. You just, you, you know the Lord is talking to you. And I, I knew what I was to do. I felt this whisper in my spirit. So I, I made sure on the trip that I put a, $100 in God's pocket. What I'm talking about. Fellas, you know, I have a wallet, you have a wallet where you keep your paper money. There's a, there's a divider built into the wallet. You know, there, you can put here and then there's a, a divider built right into your wallet where you can keep other things or other currency back here. I call that God's pocket. My money is on this side, but on the other side... Let me make sure I don't lose God's money here. Huh? <laughs> that's, God, that's God's pocket. I put a $100 bill in God's pocket. I felt that. And Lord, you're going to show me what to do with it. So I'm in Springfield, Missouri all week long, and I'm waiting to find out, God, there's $100 in your pocket. You tell me what to do with it. Yeah, a whole week went on. And I didn't know what to do. Didn't know how it was going to apply. I'm flying back Friday. I'm in DFW Airport going to fly into San Antonio. And I thought, okay, God, well, maybe, maybe I just, maybe it's for the weekend or another time. And then finally I realized what it's for. About that time there were nine U.S. Army soldiers that came in. And I could tell their they're relatively new recruits in the army. And they were sitting in the few chairs that were there, the gate area, where we were about to catch the flight to San Antonio was, was pretty full. So four or five of them sitting there, and there's three or four or five of them sitting on the floor around on their duffel bags. And they're, they're eating chicken nuggets and uh, Big Macs. They'd gone down there to Whataburger. So I just walked over. And I said, are you guys going to Fort Sam in San Antonio? And they said, yes. Yes, we are. I said, that's wonderful. That's great. I said, thank you for your service. And there were a couple of the soldiers right there. And I handed them a $100 bill. There's nine soldiers. I said, dessert is on me. God bless you. And then I walked away. I know there was a story. I know in a little bit that I saw some of them come in and they were kind of gathering and they were filling up and they were talking to them. Says, I know there was a story. Hey, we've got dessert money. Really? How's that? $100 bill. That guy over there. That, that guy? See the one that looks like Brad Pitt? <laughs> that guy. You say, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I see him. I see him. This is from him. And dessert is on him. You get whatever frappuccino or what ice cream, whatever you want. He did that. Can I tell you? Kindness will open doors. And I, my name is inconsequential. But I deposit, and it gave an opportunity for me to say, God bless you. Kindness does that. There are four things about kindness I want to give you real quickly. Number one, I want to share with you kindness. Anyone can do it. 
Yes, you can. Anyone can do it. Perhaps you're going to go eat after service here in a little bit. That person may be wearing a different jersey from the team that you support. Be kind to them, okay? (laughs) Yeah, you can do it. You can do it. You're going to go to the restaurant, and you're going to hopefully get in there and get your name on the list. And you know what it's like. You pull up and you say, okay, honey, let's move fast. See, there's three families moving up. Walk real fast. Let's get our name on the list first. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. And there's kind of an unwritten rule. If you're standing right here and I open the door, I I let you in. But if you're this far back, my kindness doesn't go that far. You're outside of the zone. You're, You're a little too far. If you were here, I would, but I... Act like I don't see you and walk in, okay? Here's what I'm asking you to do. Open the door and draw a bigger circle of kindness in every area, at work, in your attitude, the way you talk to people, on social media. Extend kindness. Anyone can do it. Anyone can do it. Number two, I share with you very quickly. Kindness is low risk and high grace. It's really low. Why is it so hard for us? It's low risk, but it's high grace because it goes against the the brash and rude culture of our day. Extends God's grace. Number three, kindness brings credibility to Christ's followers. Yeah. They're going to remember us not for shouting against them and putting them down, pointing out their flaw, flaws and, and, and somehow uh, speaking down to them. It'll be kindness. Kindness brings credibility to us as Christ followers. And then last, real quickly, before we close, kindness opens a person's heart to the message of Jesus. Yes, it does. If anything will open somebody's heart, you be kind to them. It disarms them. They they lower their guard. You see, kindness puts a face on the invisible God. The God that they're looking for, and some of them don't even believe he exists. When we're kind, extraordinarily kind, we put a face the invisible God and they begin to think they're a follower of Christ I believe that's the kind of person Jesus is that's if if Jesus really did exist they're going to think and maybe it'll it'll prompt them to believe just a little more that's the kind of person Jesus is or would be it puts a face on the invisible And in your circle of friends, there's somebody. Maybe you feel estranged, a brother-in-law you're not talking to. Somebody you've defriended. Somebody you're estranged from. A co-worker that's not your kind of person. But they're God's kind of person. Extend kindness to them. Next weekend, we have the opportunity to extend kindness to hungry and forgotten children around the world through one day to feed the world.
Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the reminder that kindness will open doors. It allows us to extend God's heart. And it works for us every day. There are people around us that have, have never responded, have never, have never, but we've ever been able to get past that, that firewall of resistance and that, that wall of, of being guarded towards us. But kindness can breach that wall. Father, I pray that we could practice kindness in everything we do with even with that irregular person, that person that God just rubs us the wrong way. Let's extend your kindness to them. I pray we'll be that. We'll be like Jesus in action and attitude. In Christ's name. Amen. My invitation to us, go out and be awesome. God bless you.